Toku Secrets is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts today. Tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast, presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Boken Silver, Nathan Desa, and today we are going to be uh, returning to uh, uh, our series, uh, monthly series, where we take a look at the current Sentai airing, Osama Sentai King Oger. We got the whole crew on again today. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Go ahead, guys. Patrick Shinkinrud. Rizwan, Gokai Red, and man, do I have a serious kiss of deja vu right now. <laughs> I'm green, and I'm Anthony, but I wish uh, I wish we had to do this again, but, but it, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, for those, um, you, go ahead, Riz, tell them. I was going to say, in case you couldn't tell from our intro, we recorded this already, but here we are again, because our audio decided to be a nightmare that I couldn't fix. So, we're doing it again! Yay! Hey. Uh, before we jump in, uh, there is uh, one thing I want to do, uh, um, just briefly, uh, since uh, um, this, uh, we have posted another podcast since this happened, but uh, but I did want to, um, but this is the first time I remember doing this. Uh, when uh, Riz premiered our Mighty Morphin Season 1 review, um, we had someone in the live chat named Rec Necrom uh, 002. Um, he was in the live chat just leaving some pretty cool commentary. Uh, a big thing that he mentioned was that uh, he wants to see us review RPM at some point, which, uh, and I did respond uh, on my own personal account, but I just want to um, say, Necrom, in case you're watching this, uh, we will review RPM. We do intend to do uh, reviews, like full season reviews of every Power Ranger season. Now, whether or not we'll do that before we decide to review Engine Sentai Go Onger, or if we just review RPM just because we decide to do it, we we can't tell you that. But I can assure you that we'll review RPM at some point. Um, I just wanted to just wanted to clarify that. Um, so with that being said, uh, there's no other uh, big things to give a shout out to. So uh, let's jump in. Uh, first off, we need to. Uh, do a brief recap of King Oger. Uh, we reviewed episodes two through five um, in the previous episode, uh, where um, pretty much uh, uh, the last couple of episodes, uh, pretty much all f four of those episodes, was Gira traveling to the different kingdoms, and uh, you know he was meeting Yanma, Himeno, Kaguraki, the other King Ogers. Uh, then he got captured and was put on trial by Rita. Who is uh, who's like the justice of the Terra world? And uh, while Rita was investigating Gira's crime, it was discovered that he is actually the younger brother of Rackless, which makes him uh, a prince, and therefore he can act. He does have the right to be Kawagata Oger. And then we got this big thing where you know the five King Oger sort of came together to fight off a Bugnarok attack, and then they went their separate ways. But unfortunately, uh, one of the uh, um, greater shoe gods, the god Scorpion, 
uh, was stolen from Rita's kingdom. And that brings us to where we are now. So we have, uh, so we get, um, we kind of have, so here's a big thing to note about these couple of episodes. Uh, I, I really don't, I can't really label any of these episodes as filler. That That's actually a big thing, which is actually kind of a good thing, believe it or not. But uh, with that being said, uh, we're moving on to like kind of a story arc where it's kind of like Gira's big like feud with Rackless, um, where um, at the beginning of the episode, the Bugnarok reveals that they have God Scorpion and they <clears throat> want to capture Gira because Gira has the ability to talk with the Shoe Gods um, and they want to use him to destroy, use the Shoe Gods to destroy Terra. Um, there's um we there's a meeting between all the kings where Rackless reveals that Gira got kidnapped and disappeared when he was a child. And Rackless actually kind of in a repeat of what happened in the first episode, he disbands the alliance of the kingdoms and like demands that the King Ogers serve under him. Then there's a big fight with the King Ogers, um, uh, with the Bugnarok forces between the King Ogers where Odd Scorpion goes crazy and like uh, while Gira's piloting it and Rackless uses that to frame Gira as being an enemy when it attacks King Oger. Um, anybody want to give their thoughts on this episode first? Because uh, I, I just spent a little while talking. Anybody want to go first? Go ahead, guys. Anybody? So... I assume Patrick is going to go first, but given he's not, I will. Uh, hmm? There you go. Okay. Yeah, so this episode, like Nate said, begins a new story arc in uh, King Ozer. And I don't know, this episode wasn't anything spectacular on its own, except that it solidly contributes to the story of what's going to come in the next couple episodes. Um, I don't think there's anything that I disliked, and I honestly think this is just very standard fare story building stuff that needed to happen so we can get the rest of the plot going. So, yeah, that's where I'm kind of at right now. Is I'm I'm just one thing I do want to echo from Nate is that yeah, there's no filler in any of the episodes we're covering from here to the end of this particular podcast, and. That, to me, is fantastic. It's more than okay that we're not, because, dear God, it's nice to have a Sentai that's not all, oh, hey, here's a random kid. Let's see what hijinks our Sentai team can get into with these kids. Looking at you, Zero Ranger. <laughs> is this going to be the new running guy where you just take jabs at Zero Ranger? No, because Zon is still the worst <laughs> thing to exist. There it is. <laughs> and Geki Ranger is still the bottom of the barrel garbage. I mean, Nate... And that's uh, never gonna change. <laughs> I mean, Nate, you set him up for that. You have no yeah, one to blame but yourself. I'm gonna go cry myself to sleep now. <laughs> Wait, why are you gonna cry yourself to sleep? I, I'm just speaking the truth <laughs> about Don and Geki Ranger. <laughs> you should be... You should be rejoicing that I am willing to scream from the top of every tower the good word of how bad John really is. Oh, great. Now he's getting an ego about it. 
Anybody else want to go? Oh, boy. <laughs> I said I was sorry. Let me see. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, I need yeah. I, I want my I want my time back from watching forty plus episodes of garbage. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can't take that but, back. Um... I'm sorry. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> so because of that, I have to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. It's called post traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> All right. So yeah, back on. Back on topic here. here. The good stuff. Um, I yeah, it, it's it's nothing too interesting here, but it's it's just set up. Nothing more to it than that. Good setup. Good setup. Anthony, I like it. I'm, I'm I'm still I'm loving it. Like I said, the the story just gets better and better every day. Yeah, it really does. And also, obligatory ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm probably gonna give this one uh, uh, a seven. Not not bad, just but nothing special. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with a seven here as well. Um, it's a good foundation, I think. Mm-hmm. But nothing home to write. Right, nothing now we to write have home about. Seven, the wrath of God. Um, this, uh, this picks up from where the previous episode left off, where, uh, where there's a bunch of things going on in this episode. Um, the big thing being that, uh, that with the, the shoe gods are damaged and, uh, Yanma and Himeno are working to, uh, fix it. They both kind of, um, they take different approaches though, because you might recall Yanma and the Inkosopa people, are more like you know they're tech savvy and all that, so they're trying to fix the uh, um, the shoe gods with like from a technological standpoint. While Himeno is, which is more like healing and like medical based, tries to use um, you know those types of means like medicine to um, heal the shoe god. Uh, it was it was subtly hinted these last couple of episodes that Himeno had an obsession with getting the god scorpion and we find out why in this episode uh it's revealed that in a flashback that himeno lost her parents when she was a child um this mysterious assassin came and injected them with some lethal venom during an attack and she discovered traces of a scorpion venom in the uh toxin that killed them so she just so she's now trying to find god scorpion so that she can find a cure prevent her parents from not happening to anybody else um there's uh and then in the middle of the fight uh she finds god scorpion who's been kind of going on a bit of a rampage these last couple of episodes and she finds out that it just wants to find its friends the other shoe gods uh the other one was like a, a kabuto like a beetle based one and wants to find the other big shoe gods and she doesn't like it doesn't like to be controlled by humans so it so she gains its trust and god scorpion joins with king Oger. and then the episode ends with yama and himeno they they agree not to turn gira in because gira throughout this episode has been running away um you know they they subtly acknowledge that gira is their friend and um then, unfortunately, at the end of the episode, uh, Gira returns to Shugotam, where it's revealed that his friends have been taken hostage, and Rackless is challenging him to a duel. Dun, dun, dun! So, 
Uh, what do we all think about this episode? Mm-hmm. Anybody want to go first? Um, the one thing I like about this is we kind of start seeing it build throughout the string of episodes, but the the unity between the kingdoms is starting to strengthen a little bit because it it, it, it kind of hinted it earlier in this show that the kingdoms were almost competing with one another. Um, so having the kingdom show signs that they want to, you know, be more respectful and unify is, it's nice. Especially when the kings are being a little bit petty towards one another. <laughs> like, like in this episode. Yeah, I think the whole cult, like, the culture clash between, uh, in Kosopa and, uh, Ishabana is the big thing that made this episode. I really hope that they do that more often <clears throat> in the show, because that, yeah. that would be a, because... I mean, it's done in a simple way because, you know, this is a kid's show after all. But I still think it's done pretty good enough with the sophistication that this show can provide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. Do you want to say anything? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I have, yeah, I was going to say something. So, yeah, I have to agree with Pat. It was really nice seeing the beginnings of the unity across the kingdoms because one question I don't think I've really expressed in the last two podcasts we did on King Ozer is so we have you know these five kings soon to be six at some point plus you got Rackless so there's a lot of kings in this in this Sentai and the question I was going to raise at some point is who is the king of kings because I think it would make sense that at some point down the line, the, the, the kings would kind of, you know, consolidate into one hierarchy, if that makes sense. And I, I'm not saying it's going to definitely happen, but it is nice to see these different kingdoms that are so different collaborating together, especially given up until it, meant, it really mattered... Um, the two kingdoms um, were not really working together. They are trying to compete. But when stuff started hitting the fan, him and those people started to collaborate and share the medicine in exchange for the technology to try and make the sea gods get online a lot quicker. And I thought that was pretty awesome to see them kind of collaborating together and putting their different skills into the same basket. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, what do we think about Jimeno's backstory, though? Like, I mean, because not many of us... I know Patrick really liked Jimeno in the last podcast, but... Uh, yeah, well, okay, some of us weren't I did too. fans of Jimeno, <laughs> so, like, what what do we think of Jimeno now as a character? Yeah, I know. Maybe, okay, then maybe, Anthony, how about you maybe, go first? What do you the biggest think of one? <laughs> since you weren't really her biggest fan yeah. at first. So I want to apologize to Meno <laughs> because I was wrong about her, honestly. I really was. And I'm more than mad to admit it. Like, you know what? Yeah, I can admit I'm wrong. Like, it was just so 
sad and tragic that happened to her. Um, the only thing I, I think I said this last we tried to record this last time was the fact that it just didn't make much sense as to like how this dude was able to like get past everybody to get to them and nobody and nobody was able to stop it. You know, I think we already explained like, explained, like what the possibilities of it just could have happened because like he the the intruder could have just you know bypassed everybody else or was just able to stealthily do it without nobody noticing or that because of the chaos that happened during the time of the attack and then being all injured and whatnot, it could have just been like, well, hey, I took my chance and, and hey, no, I, when I was, was looking, bam, I got him. I want to know if, if this character is going to be referenced again. The assassin? Oh, gotta be. Like, yeah, like, we don't know who this is. is are they going to revisit this character? Is he going to be somebody we meet later down in the line of the season? Or is this just going to be some unnamed I hope murder? he gets brought up later. Maybe he turns out to be working for the Bugnarok. Yeah. I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they do something with him also, because there's 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 got to be a reason why he was sent to kill... Yeah her parents in the first place, right? <laughs> so... I'm, I'm gonna give this one an 8 out of 10. And Riz is the same way, but he also yeah. gives an 8 out of 10. So, uh, you <clears throat> want to say anything else, guys? <clears throat> Alright, cool. We can move on to uh, no. episode 8, The Dueling Trial of King and Prince. Uh, so this is basically the big episode where uh, Rackless and uh, have their big uh, what is called trial by combat um, they're basically uh, a king battles against the uh, prisoner which in this case is Gira and whoever wins gets to uh, basically make any demand of the loser uh, there's a point where Rita offers to investigate Gira's kidnapping and later on we find out that uh, well, we don't see in a flashback but this is something that Gira basically kind of concludes that um, that Rackless pretty much set up Gira to be kidnapped because, you know, Rackless being Rackless really wanted to get all the power for himself. So he um, so he basically cooked up to have Gira kidnapped so that he would have no one to challenge him. Uh, Rackless has his own caliber, which, uh, you know, we, we kind of already saw when he was controlling like a black and gold version of uh, King Oger, but... Here, he uses that caliber for the first time to transform into Okuwagata Oger, which is basically the same thing as Kuwagata Oger, except it's uh, painted gray instead of red. <laughs> they get their this big fight. Um, there's, uh, during the fight, um, there's this one Bugnarok that gets in the middle of it, posing as Yanma, but, uh, but... And uh, that makes, you know, Gira look a little sympathetic toward the Bugnarok, which only further makes him look like an enemy to the people of Shugodom. And uh, Rackless defeats Gira. He's sent flying off the edge of a cliff, but he survives when uh, Himeno treats his wounds and everything. And the episode ends with uh, Shugodom <clears throat> being attacked by the Bugnarok monster, but then the third and final uh, guardian Shoe God, Godhopper, who's based on a grasshopper, shows up and scares off the monster. 
Um, I have a big thing to say about this episode. Um, I, I have a lot of opinions. It's a really good episode, uh, but I'm going to let the other guys uh, give their opinions first. Uh, Patrick or anybody else want to go first? Go ahead. Um, I don't remember exactly how I worded this in our last or re- a first recording, but Rackless is becoming one of the yeah. best you love to hate him characters I've ever seen, especially in especially in Super Sentai. So this guy is a walking piece of crap, <laughs> to put it yeah. very. To put it he's, very lightly. He's definitely very sinister, but he's also one of those god I'd want to punch him in the face kind of guys, you know? Oh yeah, they're they're definitely setting it up to it's 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 a good way to keep people watching because you set him up to be such an irredeemable piece of garbage. So you keep watching for the inevitable moment where he gets hit by an eighteen wheeler, we all celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> Schwapkun, where are you? We need you now. Yeah, yeah. Optimus. But, but see, <laughs> we're going to talk about this later, I think. But see, <clears throat> if Rockless gets hit by an 18-wheeler now, then our villain story and that's will be kind extremely of what boring I wanted to go off forward. with, with what yeah. he was just saying. That, like, but that's why... When I was watching this episode, I it kind of just hit me now that, like, show is doing fine with just Rackless as the main villain to the point where what are the Bugnarok even doing here honestly like I mean it just feels like they're another faction in this entire thing but they don't have any stake yet you know nah. they're just the they're just the rubber suited monsters they gotta fight and it's, it's, it's I, I really feel beat. like the head writer yeah. here really wants just Rackless to be the main villain. Uh, the head writer, uh, Minato uh, Kano, um, his... So, he he's actually kind of an outside guy when it comes to Super Sentai. Like, unlike every other head writer for Super Sentai that I know, uh, he never did any Sentai work before he did work on this Sentai. Like, he, he worked exclusively on worked exclusively on Common Rider. Now, thankfully, um, he worked under a guy who's like, um, who's like, he, he was basically mentored by um, a head writer who was responsible for a lot of really good um, Common Rider shows. Like he did a couple of, like his uh, mentor, Yuya Takahashi, he did a couple of episodes of Drive, which was great. He was the head writer of X-Aid, which I hear, I hear X-Aid is really good. Um, and he was the, he was, wrote a lot of episodes for Zero One. I don't know how people feel about that one, but, uh, and he... It's, it's about geeks. Zero One is kind of like a mixed bag, not to be honest with you. I, people, want to, people, people want to say that COVID is the reason why it's it kind good, of fell off after a while, but I mean, I don't know. Geeks is amazing. Oh, Geeks okay, is freaking amazing. We need to watch that eventually. Because um, y'all would love has it. has been trained, like, he's a young guy too. Like, he's just a year older than me. So, he'll be 30 this year. Like, he clearly has not. He clearly 
it's from a common writer background and i just feel like with how rackless is as a main villain he really wants rackless to be the main villain but like toei is like breathing down his like okay, no this is super sentai so we have to have like these you know faceless alien people who are attacking city as the main villains like the bugnarok because like in common rider you can get away with not having those villains but <clears throat> can't get away with it in super sentai unfortunately <laughs> Well, at least not at least not nowadays. Back in the day, during like the earlier seasons, we could remember like most of Jetman's uh, villains were all like you know not fully. Yeah. They were they were pretty much like actors wearing like some some makeup to make them look, look more. Like, but it's not. But they're not actually like monster monster. Like if that makes sense. Yeah. When was the last time Sentai had a main antagonist that actually showed their face? We we Go wouldn't under? consider someone like uh, Go on, like, um, I think. Uh, Bosco a main villain, would we? No, Bosco the no. side act. Yeah, he's a side villain. Um, but Zed, Bosco, maybe Zed is the other Twitter? really good villain that you'd love to hate on because. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're he, he right. Seen I forgot about him. Tokyo, so I don't know. How do but... I forget about Tokyo? I don't even know. Um, I don't think there is anything after. Ninja didn't have any. Um, Zeozer didn't have anything. Ninja didn't have anything. I know. I don't Kira's think Ranger didn't. didn't. No, yeah. Um, I don't know beyond Kira Ranger. Lupat uh, did not have any whatsoever. Um, Zenkaiser didn't. No, Zenkaiser did not. Uh, Ryu Soldier didn't have any. I can confirm that. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think Dawn Brothers did either, from what I've, little I've seen of it. Actually, Dawn Brothers is a very interesting one because they did have antagonists who had human forms. So, yeah, they, you, could, you could say that, that Dawn Brothers did, did it. Okay. I do want to kind of go off that point of the bug rock not having a purpose, and I did bring this up when we did this review the first time. I hope, and I, f I feel like it, that Rackless and the Bugnarok are in cahoots. Because when the, the, the Bugnarok came out disguised to fool um, Gira. Rackless didn't seem all that shocked. In fact, he called cameras out like it was a setup. Mm -hmm. So there's 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 if probably a bigger like reason why the Bugnarok are here. But them, then, then I'll be fine. who knows when we'll get any confirmation about the Bugnarok being useless. But until that time comes, I can't really take that back. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean. I mean, yeah, we don't have any confirmation, but there's a lot of big neon sign arrows pointing in that direction right now. <laughs> I also know that there's like some um like YouTube special where like like it's like it's like a prequel to King Ogier with Rackless being the main character in that, and that takes this takes place before any of the King Ogiers become King Ogiers. 
So maybe that will kind of like give us a clearer idea of of what Marcus has might have been up to before he, you know, before the series starts. Yeah, that's something I've heard about, and I haven't gotten a chance to see yet. It, it's literally only had two up, like the the second. There's only three episodes that uh, that have been announced. One was in April of this year. This one, this upcoming one, just came out literally this month. And there should be another one um, sometime in a few months. Yeah. I will say, while I don't really care for the Bugnarok as a villain yet, I will say I got way too much enjoyment out of Gundam from the last episode. The drill sergeant? Yeah, left, right, left, right. I thought that was pretty clever. It was. <laughs> his, and it's funny, Aunt, uh, Aunt Riz, uh, his voice was Aunt bothering Riz? me because yeah, Anthony and Riz, because uh, you two. Okay, were, I thought you were trying yeah. to say something about the, no, no, no. the army. Yeah, or yeah he's, he's an ant. No, I was like, his voice sounded really familiar to me. I don't know if it sounded familiar to either of you two. Um, let's it's see what the Ranger Wiki says. Because. I think oh. I didn't look this up because I didn't have a chance to, but I think that's Tactimon's voice actor. <laughs> it might have been because when he was screaming, I'm like, I've I've heard the scream from when Omega Shoutman was punching somebody in the face. <laughs> I am looking this up now because I'm on the Ranger Wiki anyway. So, <clears throat> but let's see. Oh, he's doing that. Yeah, scores. Dude, scores. You're right. It oh is him. God. You're right. Yeah, I knew his voice sounded familiar to me somewhere. Actimon, Omegamon, Starmon, and ZZmon in Crossword. Aha, uh-huh. wow. see, I knew, I knew that scream sounded familiar somewhere. <laughs> Good call. I, I've, I just love that you recognized it. I've watched that fight between Omega Shaman and Tactimon that many times. <laughs> Tactimon's voice is ingrained in my head. <laughs> I can't stop seeing it that many times. Go back to this one. I'm I'm gonna get this one. Like aside from the glaring issue with the Bugnarok, and the only other problem I'll say that I have is that I think that the big moment where Rackless transforms into Okawagata Oger, like I don't know. I don't like how people acted as if it's like just a thing that they knew happened. Like he has his own caliber when Gira stole it. Like. I'm wondering how people wonders how that works. They're acting as if it's not a big deal. I... I know, it is weird yeah. that Gira stole the one he had. Where did this one come from? <laughs> well, that's why I'm kind of curious and where, what is the origin of these weapons, you know? Like, are these things that were made by Rackless and his group. And he distributed to the other kingdoms as a way to connect to the Sioux Gods. Because maybe prior to this, the Sioux Gods were more spiritual. Um, There's a Sentai that did this too, I think. I forget which one. Uh, but But some Sentai has done this before where the they make a set of armament type things and they just kind of create another one for the villain to kind of hold over them. 
Well, that also leads to another question that I've had about this season that hasn't really been addressed yet. Is this another l legacy or lineage Sentai where there have been previous that, wielders that, like, of those were, swords yeah. that have been King Ogres before? Um, from like two th there I think it was 2,000 years ago. So, so I, I th there would have had to have been King Ogres before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, the point I was trying to say earlier, I, I don't think I did a good job explaining it, though, is you have this ancient power that people before used. Oh, you know who it was? Sinkinser. Yeah. Sinkinser had those powers for generations, but it wasn't until the Sinkinser season that we saw, that team, that they actually had a Power Ranger It's kind of like form. in a... Okay, because prior I, I to that, there's a samurai. Because I don't want to upset mm -hmm. Riz, but I have to. Um, Wild Force, um, where like re remember <laughs> th there was a fight between the old orgs oh, okay. like one thousand years ago, I think, and like we're constantly shown flashbacks of Rangers' predecessors, but the, those yeah. were just warriors. Like in those flashbacks, we never see them morph into Power Rangers. They just fight with some of the weapons that the Rangers use. And then in our current generation, they're Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And see, that's a typical thing that we're seeing with some of these um, warrior people. Even, hell, even Ninja Storm did this, where they had, you know, they had the Wind Ninjas and the Thunder Rangers or whatever. But they weren't Power Rangers until Cam made... Similar to the wind powers, and I don't know where the thunder powers came from, but I I don't. I like they were just yeah, because that's exact same thing happened in Jungle Fury. And then one day RJ just said, "Hey, Power Rangers are cool. Maybe I'll give the our people the ability to morph into Power Rangers." And then just called some. Yeah, it's it's something I think. Was kind of present in Geki Ranger, except they didn't do a good job okay, of I like to do that again. I, doing I Geki Ranger. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> it's our it's our thing now. You make a comment about Geki or something well, I'm gonna that will remind uh, me of Geki. Aside from that issue, though, I and I just go off. It's great. great. I'm gonna give this one a nine out of ten. I'm going to echo your 9 out of 10. Okay, cool. That mm -hmm. moves us on to uh, the next step, which well. picks up from where it left off. Um, so, Yura is now presumed dead, even though he's been healed by the King Ogers, and he's told to, he's told to stay in this hiding place. Um, and, you know, the other four King Ogers, they agree to work together to, like, you know, just have Gira with them so that they can use <laughs> the shoe guides, but and when they all leave, it's revealed that each of them has their own uh, plan to keep Gira for themselves because they want King Oger for their own kingdoms. Uh, most of the episode after that is just the... Um... Well, okay, so Bugnarok launches a full-scale attack on pretty much all the kingdoms. So while the King Ogers are out fighting, uh, get all of the assistant characters. So we have uh, Yama's assistant, Shiokara... Himeno's butler, Sebastian, 
and uh, Kuroda, who's Kagaraki's Kuroki. Uh, that's what I'm just going to call him since he looks exactly like the Kuroki from Shinkinger. Um, they're all attempting to kidnap Gira, and they're going from like kingdom to kingdom. And Gira gets taken to um, Rita's kingdom, Gokan, by her assistant, Morphonia. Um, and then, unfortunately, uh, while so while Gira is battling the Bugnarok, he finds Godhopper. That's the uh, Shoe God Grasshopper one that we got introduced two episodes ago. He gets confronted by Desnarak the Seventh, who is the leader of the Bugnarok. We met him in like a couple of episodes ago. Uh, and it's revealed that the King Ogers have all been defeated, defending their kingdoms, and they're all knocked unconscious. And Desnarok unleashes these cocoons that he's placed under their kingdom. And he also kidnaps Gira as he prepares to put his full uh, plan to destroy um, Shikyu into effect. Shikyu's the name of the uh, world that they live on. Uh, now, this episode is pretty good. You know, it's got a pretty suspenseful plot. I mean, it not much happens aside from just establishing the plan, but we'll say I, I, I like how the King Ogers are all having self-serving plans in this episode, and they're not just dimensional good guys because you don't have to do that in Super Sentai anymore and I'm glad that they're not trying to do that anybody else though yeah um, it, it it's nice to show that this uh, Sentai can manage to weave in some comedic moments when they get the chance because there's, there's going to be another episode that we uh, look at later that's going to do that exact thing where it's just it, it knows when to be funny and that's good it's not a sentai that's just fully funny it's a serious show that can get some laughs out of you when need be yeah i feel that because um it was just, it was just a very like funny episode and i'm glad that like even like something that you would think that would be filler is still considered like you know a part of the story yeah because this did feel like a filler episode but it really, it really wasn't it felt like filler but it, it had no true filler it was all no. and i stuff to advance the story there's really not much else that i could complain about for this episode but it like you guys said it does feel like filler which is why i'm not going to give it a nine well. it was still pretty good i was entertained i'm going to give it an eight i'm going to give this one an eight I'm sevening it. I'm gonna eight it. <laughs> you you ate it? I'm eight it too. Well, oh. okay, so Patrick made a number into a verb. Yes. I had to follow suit. <laughs> Are you impressed? Okay, so that leads us to uh, episode 10. <laughs> no, I've done worse. I, mean, I can believe so, it. <laughs> um, to kind of <laughs> sum up this, um, a lot really, a lot happens in this episode uh, quite a bit, but to kind of a uh, Sum it up the best. Um, has been captured by the Bugnarok. They want him to control the Shoe Gods to destroy Terra. Um, and the cocoons are threatening to unleash a bunch of giant Bugnarok and, uh, you know, basically destroy all of the kingdoms. 
King Ogres want to evacuate their kingdoms because the only way that they could possibly uh, defeat them is if they combine all of the Shoe Gods together to form a new form of King Oger, but they're not, but they don't think that they can do that. But then they all get encouraged by their uh, assistants to, you know, to save Gira and, you know, just create a miracle. They do that. Um, they arrive to uh, save Gira from Desnarak the seventh. They defeat him in a brutal fight, and then when the cocoons hatch, they all pretty much declare that Gira is a king in their own way. And you can safely say that this is the this is finally the episode where they all vow to fight together to save their kingdom. So this is basically the big moment where they all come together as a team. Um, where they are now, where we can officially say they are Osama Sentai King Oger. <clears throat> and they combine uh, King Oger with God Kabuto, God Scorpion, and God Hopper. Those are the three greater shoe gods, and they form Legend King Oger. They use that to destroy the five giant Bugnarok, and then the episode ends with uh, you know, there being an epilogue where, you know, Rackless is taking <clears throat> credit for the victory and they just accept it. Gira disappears. And then it's revealed that Desnarak is, uh, has actually survived the battle and is preparing for another plan. It, I don't know. Like, this is not going to be something that gets answered in the next few episodes, but Desnarak Seventh is going to get destroyed quite a few times here. And I wish there was an explanation for that, but hopefully we'll find out soon. Uh... I really like this episode. Um, I this is the tenth episode, and we're fine. And like they took their time get bringing this team together, like to be like officially the team instead of just having it be like I don't know. Like I liked how Cure Uger did it, but Cure Uger still like I think it's mm -hmm. like the fourth episode where they all become one. This series takes its time, and I can really respect them for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they all felt like independent people up to this point that just happened to have a similar power set. And they they definitely worked into this, and it, it worked great. It felt very old-school Sentai, like, you know, Jetman, where it took them about, what, 10, 15 or something to finally come together as a proper team? Um... But I'm trying to remember how I worded this in our first recording. But you remember how much of a stink I made about Base King Oger being in the first episode? This 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 kind of mitigates that a little bit because this Legend King Oger feels like their actual main mecha. And this this feels like the actual like proper mech debut, personally. Cause it was at the end of a long story arc, and that was kind of their reward. They finally become a proper team and they're rewarded with a stronger version of their base mech. So it, it, it it's it's it, the episode was very light on plot, but it was because it was the finale to what we had just and, watched. I mean, so it, defense, it worked. And it was a it was a good payoff. Started the little hissy Indeed. bit about them debuting King Oger in the first episode too. Yeah. So I mean, I'm. And I'm, I'm not, so glad y'all came around. Yeah. I mean, when we get to Ginga Man, you'll see why I have such high. Yeah, you know, I have such a, a a disdain for introducing the Mecha so lazily in the 
first episode like that. <laughs> well, oh I yeah, think, it is. <clears throat> I think part of the the thing here, like you kind of hit on it a little bit, Pat, but I do want to drive this point home. The the mech formation prior to Legendary King Ozer that that felt more like the Gera mech. Like, it was yeah. only for him. So, I never really cared as much as you guys did about it. Because, you know, I figured, logically, at some point, all five of these it's guys are going to get together and do something with their You could look at King Ojer as being like... And lo and behold, like it's like a see, ten like, episodes To use Geo Ranger as an here. example, because, okay, we have issues with Geo Ranger, but I think I mean, we all if... agree that they handle <laughs> their mech debuts pretty good. Um, like, kind of like... King Ogre is to Gira what just the Tyrannosaurus was to Geki. And, like, Legend King Ogre is, like, Daijujin, basically. I mean, if I had written it this way, this would have yeah, been when base King Ogre would have debuted. Because they could have just piloted the other, you know... The other, uh, yeah, the other shoe gods individually, while that looming threat of, oh, the giant cocoons are going to hash, but it's like, well, them individually isn't going to do anything. But, you know, at least they did something to make this feel uh, earned. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I really enjoyed this. I feel like it was a really good, uh, conclusion to like this big story arc. Uh, I, I'm probably, I'm actually going to give this one a 10 out of 10. Like, I really can't think of anything wrong with it. I feel like it's properly, um, you know, built up to, especially with, like, the motivation that they get on how to come together because they all ultimately care about their people. Like, it's, there's nothing wrong with this episode, honestly. Nope. There really isn't. I mean, it's just one super good episode. Like, everything everything in the past ten episodes leads up to this moment. And like y'all said, it's done really well. So, I'm, I'm very inclined to give it a ten as well. Which is so a very big rarity <laughs> for me to give, because I don't ever give tens. I still think, with it being... A little bit too light on plot kind of doesn't make it a 10 for me. I'd probably give it a 9. I mean, it doesn't when you need say it. light on plot, though, it doesn't... It doesn't need it, but at the same time, this episode felt like it was just one big fight scene, which... Sure, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Anthony, <clears throat> uh, well... What do you give it, Anthony? I will judge you silently for your not agreeing with us that it's a 10 out of 10. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so... uh, I'm definitely giving this a 9 out of 10. I'm going to judge you as well. I gave it a 10. Wait. Wait, wait, what did we give it? What did we all give it last time when we did this? I don't remember. Across the board. Oh, what? I'll bet. It's, it's a 10 for me, too. I don't the last time I'm that not I gave changing it. Like it. I'm standing firm. Patrick's opinion changes with time. Yes. <clears throat> <clears throat> but 
But it might yeah, be I remember that. Really good Understandable. I, so. <laughs> I remember not giving that a 10 out of 10 because I didn't think it was right, there, so, but I remember uh, giving like a 9.5. Now, um, I'm going to talk about these next two episodes back to back. It was. Because they're but, kind of, uh, you know. They both kind of cover a big story arc. Uh, we are getting the debut of our sixth ranger here. Um, and we're going to have a lot to talk about this. Um, so, we start off with episode 11 Strange, the Man in the Spider Mask. Where, so, <clears throat> at the beginning of this episode, uh, while the Bugnarok are making their plan, we meet this man in a white cloak. He's wearing a spider mask. Um, you know, he. Uh, you know, he figures out, um, you know, their plan. They, they want to fulfill this prophecy where they want to capture those three shoe gods to use against the King Ogers. Uh, meanwhile, there's this big uh, plan for the King Ogers to try to um, make ra undermine Rackless. They, so they have, they're going to be holding a funeral for Gira, and Gira is going to revive. I'm putting air quotes around revive, since he's not dead, but they think he's dead. Uh, he's going to summon Legend King Oger and kind of make, uh, make himself look better in front of the people so that Rackless um, looks bad. Then, unfortunately, when the funeral is staged, the coffin is stuck closed by some adhesive material that resembles spiderweb. That white cloaked man shows up, and you know he's questioning like, why? Why do you have to fight the Bugnarok and everything? And he steals Gira's coffin and asks him the same thing, you know, asking like, why do you think the Bugnarok are evil? Then the um, Bugnarok monster shows up, and Desnarak reveals himself, um, and. There's a big thing with like a Legend King Oger where it was infested with a bunch of parasites in the previous fight. And he tries to hatch this cocoon that was made from the, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, from, the, uh, from the parasites, but then nothing happens. The White Cloak Man appears and he now has the three uh, shoe gods, which he uses to uh, transform into a key that he unlocks his mask with to reveal a human face. He introduces him, um, his mask transforms into his own king caliber. He introduces himself as Jeremy Rasiri. And um, this is something that Anthony pointed out. Uh, this is actually, and this is actually going to play, going to be really funny considering what we find out about this character. The actor who plays him, um, his name is uh, Masahi Ikeda. He is actually the uh, narrator for King Oger. He narrates over the opening um, for the opening theme and gives the recap, which that's kind of interesting given what we find out about his character in the next episode. Um, that moves us to the next episode, The Sixth King, where Jeremy says that he's the king who rules over everything and he's basically written all these prophecies that with the Bugnarok and everything, he apparently, uh, he's the, like, basically he's been the mastermind behind almost everything that's happened, and he claims that he's, like, 2,000 years old, and, uh, King Ogers try to figure out what he, uh, what he's all about, they think that he's lying, but then Rita discovers that he has actually been spotted over the, over many years, and this confirms that he is 2,000 years old. They still don't know what he's about until Jeremy reveals that um, in the 
original conflict between the kings and the Bugnarok 2,000 years ago, uh, there was a sixth hero who fell in love with a Bugnarok. And because of that, he was exiled, and he and the Bugnarok fled away, and they gave birth to a child who is him. He is basically this an abomination that's neither human nor Bugnarok, and he wants to unite everyone in the conflict between the Bugnarok and humans, uh, which causes the King Ogres to have a change of heart about him. And then at the end, uh, Desnarok arrives to confront Jeremy, and Jeremy uses his King Caliber to transform himself. He transforms into a white King Oger called Spider Kumonos. Uh, spy, uh, Kumonos translates uh, to Spiderweb, according to my, that's what my wife said. And uh, he fights off uh, Desnarok. So a lot happened. Uh, I just spent a while talking, so, uh, and I know based on what we said in the previous recording that we all love this Sixth Ranger debut, so anybody want to go start talking about how much we love it? Anybody want to go first? Go right ahead, guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, like we said before this, there has hasn't been any filler episodes in this season up to this point. And from the very beginning, we haven't really talked about this aspect of the show, but there is, there's been this prophecy that both sides, the King Ogres and the Bugnarok, have been talking about and everything since episode one. And I was wondering, was that going to play into the end game or anything? But no, literally since... The first episode they've been setting up this guy's debut because the prophecy was to free him from that mask he was wearing <laughs> and then we found out that he's the narrator at the end of the first episode of this two-parter he basically said that we, we thought that the intro to the theme song was about Gira, but no he was actually talking about himself this whole time yes. <laughs> which is i wasn't ready for that <clears throat> He's like, it's me, Austin! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he shows up and he's, you know, part human, part Bugnarok. And he's basically playing a mediator. You know, he's not good or evil. He's like a third party, which is an interesting dynamic to take the Sixth Ranger. Because the Sixth Rangers have always been played up as the the you know the wild card like the trump card for the team yeah. like they come in and they add an extra element that the team needs but that's not what this guy does i don't even know if you can really call him a king oger at this point he, uh, so he calls himself a king though doesn't he he does but he's not really a part of them no he calls, but he's, he's king of the world or something right yeah he's king of everything as he claims himself yeah. to be so, yeah, like, his personality, like, the build-up to him, like, dude, this this is, like, SSS plus tier Six Ranger introduction stuff. Oh, yeah. And for those that don't understand Patrick's word, um, this the best you know, as much Ranger as I like Vulcan Silver, I, my, my favorite Six Ranger, Ranger introduction and Sentai. Still, up until now, mm -hmm. I mean... And it's funny because we literally just finished uh, reviewing that on the podcast was Dragon Ranger's arc. So, like, nothing could top it now. But this not only tops Dragon Ranger's debut arc, but it, like, 
it's like in a league of its own. Like I like Dragon Ra- like we're talking like Dragon Rangers debut arc is like a B tier maybe. This is an S tier. Like it is leagues above Dragon Rangers intro arc. Yeah. Yeah, like my favorite six ranger my favorite six ranger introduction arc between both shows before this was Titanium Ranger. I really love Ryan's introduction arc in Lightspeed Rescue, but dude, that doesn't hold a candle to this. No. <laughs> no, not even not even close. Like I don't know. I, I just find Jeremy very interesting because you know, like like it's mentioned in the story, he walks the line between the two factions that are at war, mm-hmm. effectively creating a third faction of, I don't want the Bugnarks to die, I don't want the humans to die, I want everyone to live in harmony, which is very different from what the Bugnarks want. They want to kill all the humans, and the humans mm-hmm. are like, well, screw you guys, we want to kill you back because we don't want to die. Yeah. So <laughs> it's interesting to have a third faction kind of appear and how he reacts to everything going forward is going to be interesting. Is he going to do everything in his power to actually unify the two sides, or are the Bunnerot going to be so stubborn that he ends up getting sick of them and wants to get rid of them because they're being idiots? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think that's going to be a thing where he succeeds in unifying, but he's going to definitely give it his all. Yeah. But I can already I, say I, this. I, I can already say this Daijin because Ryu, I mean, there's another season that had a yeah, wild card third great. party in it, and it was a Daijin Ryu and Dai Ranger, and I already like this guy more than that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I I also like how you know that thing came like out of nowhere and told people to jump off buildings, of and everybody's like, like, "What the know, heck is going on?" <laughs> and like you know, hating the background that he has. <laughs> like I like how trying to make the best of both worlds i guess you could say because like because i don't know like as, as much as i like boken silver and you know you guys know that boken silver is my favorite sixth ranger like i mean he has a similar like yeah. you know hybrid background i don't want to go into too much detail but i feel like the way that they go with his story and that it's good but it's a little predictable this one they go a completely different route, and I honestly really dig it. Like, it's... I, I like the route that they're going with him. Uh, what about you, Anthony? What do you think of this? Uh, you've been kind of quiet here. What do you want to say? Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. I have no complaints whatsoever. I just love the fact that he... I think he's the best of both worlds, if that, you know, because technically he kind of is, because, you know, with how his family is. And... Want to say anything else, Riz or Patrick? It's just... It's very interesting we don't really get characters like, like this nowadays, you know? Yeah, I was going to comment a little bit more about 
the facts and stuff I was saying earlier, because yeah. while we were talking, I kind of thought about it some more, and there's really, truthfully, four factions at play here. So we have the King Ozers that are, you know, mm. they want to fight the Bugnarok and destroy them. They're the evil for evil. Save the world people. and protect your five kingdoms. You get the Bugnarok as a second faction who want to destroy all of humanity for whatever nefarious thing that we don't really understand yet. Exactly. Yeah. Then we have Jeremy, who walks that fine line that we talked about earlier, where he wants to unify everyone under one kingdom, his kingdom, and want to be the king of everything. But then we have Reckless, who is not a part of any of the three before mentioned teams. That we he, know of. He, well, yeah, not yet anyway, but he technically is a King Ozer by the fact that he has you know, his own armament that can give him the power of a King Ozer. But he's never called a King Ozer. But he also is a much better villain than the villains. And <clears throat> so my hope is, going forward, yeah. Rackless kind of absorbs himself into the Bugnaroks and takes over from uh, Desnarok because, let's face it, Desnarok's kind of boring. Yes. So I would hope for that. And it's interesting that I say it like this because we all know just walking into this from this point on, while Jeremy is going to walk that line between Bugnarok and King Odzer, end of the day, this is still a Super Sentai. And at the end of the day, at some point, he will become a full. A full six ranger that fights alongside the King Ozer and do his thing to help them. It's gonna happen at some point. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but at some point it's gonna happen. And when that does happen, we go down from four factions to three. And if Rackless takes over the Bugnarok somehow, then three becomes two. But I just like the idea that that dynamic that I'm talking about here of like, you know, these two characters, Rockless and Jeremy, they're they're different from each other. But or, I, mean, I feel like they're going to find a way to integrate into the main two factions that everyone cares about. It will be like maybe the final stretch of episodes where Jeremy it's joins the Ogers. Because, I mean, there's been... Well, yeah, but I mean, then that means that for like the majority of a series, he's doing his own freelance stuff, and I think that's fine. I'm not expecting Jeremy until the finale. It, it is because it doesn't really detract from the from the plot. Um, I think letting him have free reign to do what he wants, how he wants, is fine. Um, I think yeah. when we hit the end game arc, that's when we're going to start seeing this, uh, this entire mm-hmm. Jeremy joining the King Ozer stuff that I'm talking uh, about. Anything else we want to say about But I'm just hoping that Rockless takes her to Bugnarok like episode 13 yes. or something. Okay. Okay, then we can move on to this. Uh, so, um, this will be the last big thing before we. Uh, just kind of go into the review segment. Uh, 
So uh, nope. here's something that uh, <laughs> I briefly mentioned well. this color, but uh, here's something that's uh, pretty cool, guys. Um, we do not uh, have, for the first time in quite a while, we have a sixth ranger that is not gold or silver. Uh, he is a white sixth ranger. This is the first time we've had a white sixth <clears throat> ranger since uh, since Deca Break, the Omega Ranger. Um, that was back in uh, 2004. Uh, what do we think of uh, Spider Kumonos's uh, suit? Like, what do you guys think? Yeah. It's the white symbiote. Yeah, it's just his helmet is literally Venom symbol inverted, and I like that. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's weird how he doesn't have a cape, though, but it, it doesn't bother me too much. He doesn't quite need it, though. No, he doesn't. I, I mean, mean, maybe... If he's going to be doing okay. Spider-Man swinging stuff, a cape will just get in the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, looking at, you know, the fact that he's a spider suit, mm -hmm. I kind of wish they named him Eddie, Peter like instead Eddie of Rock. Jeremy. I would have been too... I would have been way too on the nose, wouldn't it? <laughs> but it would have been perfect, wouldn't it? It would have been perfect, yeah. You know, or or Miles. Miles would have been acceptable. I don't think they would go with Eddie. I just don't think that would fit in a Japanese TV show. But then Jeremy, I don't think fits either. But well, whatever. I mean, it would also uh, fit, Anthony, too, because Venom was a bit of a wild shirt. card for I mean, most of his comic <laughs> existence anyway. Sorry. Yeah. So it would, it would have been thematic. <laughs> <laughs> so would I. His shirt. <laughs> hey, I would so take I... a spider kimono shirt. I mean, it's cool, but he's got a polo. I don't like polos. <laughs> no, I would. I would but totally Anthony, get a polo for suit? work with the spider yeah, kimono. Give me, give thing. me his, give me his visor design. It's just a shirt print. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Make it happen. Still muted. Okay. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm I just overjoyed that we finally think get Anthony a six ranger that's not gold or all silver. There. I think he's having technical difficulties. I mean, so, so we move on. if we're gonna look at these six rangers, like, okay, so technically the last six ranger to not be gold or silver was the Ho Oh soldier from uh, Q Ranger, but even then, like that, like, was. That has so many. That has so many Sentai's that. Uh, um, that has so many Sentai Rangers that uh, that it doesn't really matter. But then, like we have Juo the World, who's like he has silver on his suit, so it's kind of weird. So technically, the last <clears throat> non gold gold or silver six Ranger was Tokyo Rokugo way back like ten years ago. So yeah, I'm just I'm just overjoyed because I remember when I saw Kawa oh Kawagata Oger's suit and they were hyping him up as being the sixth ranger and uh I i'm just happy because i love gold and silver but those colors are really starting to wear thin as sixth ranger colors and i can't be the only one who thinks that mm-hmm 
No, we need more different variation on colors. I definitely agree with you. Like, up until now, I don't think we've had an orange. Uh, but it just feels like ever since uh, Maji Ranger. We have? Where we had totally oh, you know what? You're right, Tokyo. Uh, I forgot. So, Maji like Shine I said earlier, I forget this character happens sometimes. Um, then we have Boken Silver, Go on Gold, Go on Silver, Shinken Gold, Gosei Knight, who is Silver. Uh, Gokai Silver, then we have the Beaten Stag Busters, who are Gold and Silver. We have Kyoryu Gold. Oh, cool. Yeah. We got Tokyo Rokugo. Uh, orange. That's cool. Okay, finally something new. Star Ninja. Gold. Uh, <laughs> like, the World and Hoa Soja. Okay, whatever. But then, like, these last couple of Sentais, like, we have that one from uh, Lupin and Pat, who he's two different colors, mm -hmm. but it's Gold and Silver. We have Ryu Gold, Kirame Silver, uh, yeah. Team Kaiser, who is considered gold, and then, and then I guess the Don Brothers guy has a gold and silver. I don't know. I'm just going off the Ranger Wiki right here. So I don't know, but it, it's just a breath He's of gold. fresh air to not have a, not have a gold or silver one again. Uh, anything else, though, guys? <clears throat> I mean, go ahead. No, I think I'm I'm good on that. Um, I think I think at this point we're twelve episodes in. We haven't had a true filler yet. And that to me is just fantastic <laughs> that we can blend together 12 episodes, some of which, you know, on a standalone level, they could be filler. But even the filler that we have had ties into the story and progresses things to the next episode and brings the story to the next point. You know, like there's never. Just something being done for the sake of doing it. It's and all intentionally planned out and you know, well written. I don't know. I, and I, I think like that that's something to commend so the team for on you know writing something that's strong. The right to have an occasional bad episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yes, but I would not accept it. Um, you should, uh, I mean, we've just my standards kind of, we've are too high now. No, I'm spoiled <laughs> now. I can't, I can't accept it. Really I'm spoiled by good writing. <laughs> um, what do we want to do? Uh, we, we don't have to um, include Jeremy in this since we've only seen him for two episodes, but how would we up, update the rankings of the King Ogers now? Uh, anyone yeah. can go first. Uh, just go ahead. Yeah, I'll start off. Um, my ranking has definitely changed from last time. So, Himono is definitely top tier now. I believe in the last podcast, I had her second. I could be wrong on that, though. And then, following her, I think Yanma, then Rita, 
then Garrett and Kagaraki. That would be my ranking. Because to me, Kagaraki, while, you know, there's a lot of really good story-driven stuff going on, characters getting explored, Kagaraki, to me, is just now, in the, like, last two, three episodes, scratching the surface of his character. <laughs> and that's basically whenever uh, Rockless starts threatening him. When So throughout these episodes, we all see Kagaraki kind of feeding information to Rockless. And you kind of wonder who, what side Kagaraki's really on. But then you find out Rockless has been holding his sister captive or something. And I think there's a lot of stuff that can happen with Kagaraki going forward to make him much stronger. But for right now, with limited information on his character and everything else, he is the weakest link, in my opinion, of the five. Yeah. I'm back, by the way. I'm back, by the way. (laughs) That thing is gorgeous. The white and the gold and the black. It was just, oof. Yeah. Kind of makes me want want to wish this that he was a part of the Spider-Verse, but nah. You, You probably missed my comment earlier, Anthony, that they should have named him not Jeremy, but Peter. Yeah. <laughs> that would have made more sense. Uh, Patrick, you wanted to do... Get Miles would have been acceptable. Ranking. We also thought Eddie might have been acceptable, but I definitely would have wanted Peter to be the name of the guy. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. Um, Jimeno is still top. I was the only one that had her number one in the first episode, and she's not going anywhere. Uh, Yanma, I haven't... Yeah, Yanma's number two. I hated Yanma in the first batch of episodes, but he's loosened up a lot. And I love how he's he's still stubborn, but he's he's willing to admit that he, he cares. Um I have Gear at three. I I I like his character. He just has one quirk <laughs> that's driving me nuts. And it's his whole dude, you're evil that you know is evil is accusing you of being evil. Stop calling yourself an evil king and laughing like a psychopath. (laughs) You're not doing yourself any favors, homie. Just stop. Really (laughs) not. (laughs) Just just look at at the people in the eye and say, this dude is crazy. Put your brother on the spot. You know, make him make him flinch or something, you know? Just stop being stupid, stupid. I have Rita for... I like how there's like a softer side to her, but she needs to be more open with that side. I'm getting, I'm already getting sick of her hiding that stern... I mean, being all stern in front of people. And uh, yeah, Kagaraki just hasn't had any like development or room to grow yet. But we're bound to get something for him. He's overdue for it. So... Before the, whoever is going next gets their ranking, I do want to ask you something, Patrick, that mm-hmm. kind of just hit me about Rita's mm-hmm. character, listening to you talk mm-hmm. about her. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool <clears throat> if King Ozer were to kind of 
make a commentary on Rita having like some mental health thing, like anxiety or uh, been a like on the spectrum or in something. The show where make her she seems a so soft, um, introvert, and then like right out of nowhere, she be able. To she has a hard time expressing go! herself like around that, other like people, so she does so with her. But I think it's anxiety driven. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <clears throat> but see, I yeah, think that's anxiety build-up. Yeah, she definitely has some kind of um, social social problems. Like, she can't... I, I'm, it's either she's has a lot of high anxiety or she's very introverted and she doesn't know how to handle herself around other people. I think those two can go very hand-in-hand, hand, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I, also I, I the fact that... I do want them that... to delve into it and maybe help her maybe like have the others help her open up more to them. Yeah. Make her more interesting that way. Cause how she is right now, she's very one note, which is weird given how she has a hidden personality from everybody else, but they're still writing her very one note. Yeah. And like, <laughs> there's also that, that safety net she built for herself mm-hmm. with the, uh, polar bear stuffed animal thing. Yeah. So I I kind of really believe that we could see Rita kind of be revealed to have something. And King Ozer is a kind of season where they could explore topics like anxiety and stuff and make it work, I think. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that whoever is the writer for King Ozer hears this and... They do something with it at some point, though I figure mm-hmm. it's already probably written. I yeah, yeah, I, I could see it as being like maybe she was sheltered growing up, well, and that's the only way she knows how to communicate. Or... I don't know if we talk about it in this in this radio to recording, but I do know that you and I have talked about wanting to know more about her kingdom as well. Yeah, because there's no one there. Is it we isolated? don't know her people, she, yeah. yeah. I mean, is it isolated, or is there no one living there? If that's the case, that she didn't grow up having a social life, so she doesn't that know would how fall, to be social. And that would fit into <clears throat> what I'm talking about with the yeah. mental health journey, yeah, is that... Exactly. You know, I think there's a lot of things here to explore, and even if, even if King Ozer does not really delve into it very much, I think as we learn more about her, uh, the character and about the kingdom, we could just keep doing commentary on this stuff because I think it's very interesting. Oh yeah, my my she she's a character that really interests the uh, the psychology degree in me. <laughs> yeah, same for me. I'm the psychology as, minor. As the season goes yeah, along, she could easily become the best character in the show very easily. Well, if you remember, the last time we did the ranking, I think me and Nate had her at number one. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I did too. I think it was... My old ranking was Rita, him, uh, Yanma, and Himeno. But, yeah, I think Rita needs to be given more to do so that we can explore this more. Her and Kagaraki are overdue for some 
big character moments. Dude, Kagaraki needs something. I, I don't even know what to well say, but I accept yeah. that he needs more. And uh, because... the only thing we know about him is that he makes funny faces at people. I can't again, argue so with you on that. <laughs> I'm going to put Yana correct. at yeah. the top just simply because, you know, I, I like the, uh, I don't know, I like Yanma, you know, being that kind of person who has this real, like, abrasive personality, but he secretly cares. One of the reasons why Joe was one of my favorite Gokaijers. So uh, I'm going to put him at the top, and then I'm going to put Himeno at second. I think Himeno has the potential to be a better character. It's just for selfish reasons that I put Yanma at the top. Um I'm still liking Rita, especially with all the stuff that you guys say about anxiety, because I can relate to that. I mean, I'm a, I deal with anxiety a lot, unfortunately. So I'm actually going to put her at three. Uh, Gira is going to be four, just because. I mean, he's not great, but he's not leaving as much of an impact on me as the others. And yeah, Kagaraki has just taken a huge nosedive for me. Like he was number two for me last time. He is dead last right now, and hopefully he'll get. He'll be able to uh, make a comeback. But with how good Jeremy is, I think he's going to stay at dead last for a while. Um, Anthony, you're on now. You want to give your updated ranking? Anthony is back now, guys. Okay. Is he? <laughs> I I think okay. So he just gave his ranking in the chat because I think his microphone or something's acting up. Yeah. But He's his ranking is Yanma for number one, Rita for number two, Himeno number three, Gara number four, and Kagaraki number five. So we're all in agreement that Kagaraki is the weakest so far. And we're all in agreement that Gira, following I even really Kagaraki, Gira like, is the funny thing is I don't the think next, that which is interesting to me. He, uh, like it's really the top no three that we that all Gira have different variety on, like who we want story, there. But mm -hmm. does he have like a footprint that like takes up like the biggest chunk of story? Like I don't know, Daigo from Pure Uter? I wouldn't say that. Like. I See, the, the weird thing about Gira, now that, you know, you mentioned it, is that the story is writing him to be the key central character, but he's not being written like the main character. Well, I think that's because we're still exploring Yeah. my question just, from earlier of who is the king of the kings, right? Like, Yeah. I'm just hoping that this doesn't turn into a Nick situation where the story makes him the yeah. main character character but he is but not, not written like it you know because that was one of the worst aspects of mystic force yeah and he needs to get over that it's like you know to bring up yeah he's not it's like how but, Jay jonah james well he has his like, own annoying uh, you know, quirk that i ran about earlier spider-man is a menace but spider-man's reaction would be like okay yeah, so hey guys stop I'm doing yeah. that like, 
Exactly. Uh, do we want to give any closing yeah, thoughts, guys? Yeah, what if, what if Spider-Man acted like what Jameson accused him of being while trying to prove him wrong at the same time? Like, you're not helping anything, pal. <laughs> mm. Yeah. My closing <laughs> thoughts will be very simple in that I'll say... King Ozer is definitely breaking into being one of my favorite Sentai, which is a relief because <laughs> the last couple of Sentai I've gone through have ranged from being god-awful, like a certain character, which I'm not going to name again, so that Nathan doesn't lose his mind about how much I hate on this one person. <laughs> um, to just being super mediocre, like Zero Ranger, with no redeemable anything about it it's just kind of extremely mid and boring so it's nice that we're seeing something that's very enjoyable because man i'm really loving this ride and it's 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 good too because this season is taking a lot of gambles because this is the most unsentai like sentai i've ever seen well i mean the hmm. the thing about King Ozer that really sticks out to me. You're right. This is the most unsentai sentai. Not just story and character wise, but also the thing that keeps me captivated with King Ozer is just how aesthetically pleasing every single scene is. Like if you if I had just seen clips online I would never guess that this is going to be a 40-something episode season. I would have guessed it's like a movie or something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they are just <laughs> hitting it out of the park, even aesthetically. And that's, to me, just amazing. Like, each kingdom looks so amazing, except maybe Kagaraki, because I don't really know what his kingdom looks like beyond food. It's a marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, you know, that just feeds into Kagaraki needs more development so we can see his yeah, kingdom and get more exactly. idea about it. But, you know, I think aesthetically, I, this is the most visually stunning Sentai I've seen. I would say this is a big seen. visual spectacle. You know, I mean, I know Nate's yeah, seen more than I have, so if there's something that even comes close to it, I, I don't know if there is, but if there is, please let me know. Anybody else want to say anything? All right. Okay. Well, with that said, uh, that pretty much wraps up uh, King Oger. We're going to be doing another podcast next yeah. month to uh, take a look at uh, King Oger as well um, next time. So the next nope. podcast nope, that I'm will be posted will be um, the podcast uh, where we take a look at a G, um, G Ranger. Uh, pretty sure we're going to be taking a look at some G Ranger filler episodes, unfortunately. So we're going to be returning to some of the bad stuff. Uh, Exactly. <laughs> uh, but with that said, uh, we do have a bit of a happy announcement to make. Uh, this weekend... Um, you know how little that narrows it down. We're looking forward to that. So, uh... Yep. So we...
Yeah, it's been four years. Last time we... Yeah. So we're definitely... The boys yeah, are getting back together. Uh, we hope uh, anybody here... It's uh, only taken us, like, what, you know, five, you know, four or five years to do just, it? You know, hit us up. Um, we're going to be getting four some years. interviews with some of the people. We look yeah. forward to that. And I'm excited. Uh, that said, we thank you guys so much for taking the time to take a look at our podcast, whether you listen to us on YouTube uh, or Spotify or iTunes. We love all you guys. Without you guys, we would not be able to do this. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, feel free to leave any comments down below with, like, you know, your thoughts. Uh, like I did at the beginning of this podcast, uh, I will give shout-outs. You know, we'll read comments, you know, just to give people's feedback. Um, with that said, uh, check Anime Secrets out, you know, on their social media pages. Uh, and we will see you guys next time uh, when we, you know, hit up Ranger Stop and Pop and when we uh, – you are G Ranger reviews, but until that time, we will see you guys later. You guys stay safe. We love you, and may the power protect you.